Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My Minds podcast, where we demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the fitness and exercise community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the MyoMinds podcast. I'm George, the host and the founder of MyoMinds. Uh, today, I'm here with Troy. How are you, Troy? Hello, mate. I'm all good. Thank you very much for having me on today. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, today, so today's podcast is going to be a little bit different to the way we've done stuff in the past. So normally, um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones we've done. Yeah, normally the way we've done it is there's always been kind of like a, a goal of the, the podcast of where we're leading to and um, where we're going to end up. But in this one, I, I've I followed Troy for a while now and he's, he's a huge mental health advocate and I'll get him to introduce himself in a moment. But I just want to kind of, I just want this to be just two, two bros just talking about mental health <laughs> and talking about how the gym works and within that and whatever um, and just kind of go with that. And so that's kind of what today's going to be. I hope people are going to enjoy it. Um, so to get started, Troy, as I said, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to us? So kind of what you, what you do. I know you just finished your master's. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, hello, everyone. My name's Troy. Um, I've just finished my LPC alongside my master's at the University of Law. Um, I did my undergrad degree there as well. I've always kind of wanted a career in law. Um, I always say to people that, uh, from a young age, I've always been good at arguing. And then when I found out I could get paid for it, um, it was a, it was a no brainer. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely passionate about, um, fighting injustice and helping other people. Uh, and that kind of, for me, ties in along with nicely with, um, being very passionate about fighting, you know, fighting against the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had probably the last year and a half where I've kind of been in, in this great place, uh, most of the time in the great place. And it's just been a, it's been a journey of, you know, passionate about kind of smashing the stigma around mental health, as I call it. Um, so that's me in, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I thank you for that for one um but also so as as we um as you you know my mind is kind of a, an exercise slash fitness community um can you share a little bit and tell the people listening a little bit about the kind of exercise and stuff that you do obviously people can't see the video but i'm sure they'll see your instagram troy is a troy's a very strong bloke um <laughs> and I'll, I'll allow him to kind of introduce his, the stuff he does yeah so um i've I've always been passionate about lifting weights as well um, and I, I've always liked competition um, and I am a powerlifter. Um, I always find it quite weird when I say that I'm a powerlifter because um, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do it you know five six days a week. Um, I think it's one of those sports where it's, it's, it's I always, I always uh, describe powerlifting as, as two things it's injury prevention and moving the, um, the heaviest weight the least distance um so that's powerlifting for me i've done it for uh, i mean i've been powerlifting for around a year now Um, i've been lifting for a lot longer and um unfortunately obviously i wasn't able to compete this year but next year will be hopefully i'll be able to go to uh the start british bench and then i'll be able to do the classics so the all all three squat bench deadlift Um, and we'll, we'll go from there that sounds good i think um obviously this year a lot of people are about to postpone what they're doing and um yeah people have had to do different things and and not what they planned 
And yeah, sure. for some people it's turned out all right, and sometimes some people it's been a bit of a, a ball ache. But like for example, I don't know if you saw, but we interviewed um, TD Smash Thomas Davis. He's a he's he's guy bench pressed seven hundred pounds, like three hundred and some kilograms, like massive strong guy. Um, yeah. And he was saying how um, actually COVID helped him because originally he was going to do the bench press in. Have you heard of the cage, the animal cage that they do at the expos? He yeah. was originally going to do it in that, but he couldn't do it in that because of COVID. So instead did it somewhere else. And, that, and because of that, it was an official record. So it counts sure. instead. So um, for him, it worked out. But then obviously I have, I have loads of friends in like yourself who now can't compete or just haven't competed because they, even though they wanted to. Sure. I mean, I mean, for me, I found myself in the very privileged position of uh, my gym afforded me some weights. Um, so they gave me 150 kilo. Um, which at the beginning was was great, and um, you, you know, not to blow smoke up my ass, but it's you know that was, 150 kilo for me is more maintaining at the very minimum. Um, I, I then went out, bought a load of more weights, but I was very lucky. I've got a shed, uh, and I set up a gym, and I actually got stronger during lockdown because I was able to train for three and a half, four hours a day, just you know, consistently, and yeah. I love doing it. So I, tr- I actually trained seven days a week. Um, you know, and, and I got my stretching down to a T. I, you know, looked after my nutrition. Um, but listen, everyone deals with things in different ways. Mm. For, for me, I needed to be completely rigid and completely programmed and strict because for, for me, I don't, I don't know about yourself, but day to day, I'm very much routine based. Mm. Um, if, if that routine kind of goes a bit skew whiff, I get very agitated, very irritated. Uh, and, and a way to kind of deal with that for me is through fitness and, and through lifting weights. So I can completely, um, you know, appreciate that people didn't have the facilities to do it. And I know so many people that have dropped out of powerlifting and, or any of the sports that they're, you know, I think powerlifting in particular, because it requires progressive overload, which is consistent overload of, of weights on your body mm-hmm. uh, in order to, to gain strength. Um, as opposed to kind of a bodybuilding of, of mass and things like that, you need to consistently be lifting heavy. And if you just don't have that, you know, you, you lose it quite quickly. Mm. Um, and, you know, the thought of me not being able to train, um, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it induces anxiety almost immediately. So I was very, very lucky in that instance. Mm, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I'm similar to you in the, in the fact that I need kind of regiment or I, I need a, a routine that I, and I have a routine that I follow. Um, for me, like, over over the the lockdown i my exercise because i didn't i didn't have any weights or anything all i had was a band um and at first it was it was nice and it was fun because it was different and i because i've never done body weight and and banded stuff but to be honest with you about a few after a, like a couple of months i just got so bored of it and so sick of it and it started becoming it start exercise started becoming something i still did it but it was no longer for enjoyment. And it was, I felt, I started to kind of slip into that mindset of I have to do it, otherwise something's going to go wrong. Um, and that was, that was difficult for me. Um, but now that kind of gyms opened up again, I've, I've had my kind of little fix of, of lifting weights. And I think even if we do go on lockdown or something again and gyms get closed, I think now because I've had that little fix, I can go back to doing bodyweight stuff and I'll find it fun again. Um, sure. So yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like 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 you're saying, you know, everyone reacts differently. You know, you could you could have been like me and really struggled, and it, you could have been like you and seemed to you know, thrive. Um, it doesn't you know it doesn't take away from anyone's experience or 
or anything like that? I, I think I think for me initially, it was there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of kind of desperation. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as the gym said that they were giving weights out first come first serve, I was there two hours before they gave them out. Yeah, because just because I could not fathom a life without lifting. Mm. Um, you know, it's, I set these almost impossible high, impossibly high standards for myself and how the hell can, you know, I'm a 19 stone man, a 12 kilo kettlebell is not going to suffice, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or a little band, you know, everyone's got different goals. I get that. And I get sometimes that we have to kind of, um, you know, adapt, but f- for me, the thought of, and I've kind of processed it a little bit better now, but at the time, the thought of, giving up something that I have consistently said that saved me Mm. or is saving me or healing me and things like that to have that taken away from me is it's uncertainty, isn't it? You don't know how you're going to react. And, you know, I didn't want, you know, because going to the gym every day saves me from, for example, going to the pub or saving, saving me from sitting in my room and not talking to anyone. So to have that potentially being taken away, it was, you know, almost heart wrenching. And, you know, so, but but once I had it, luckily I, I I had it, and you know I just made the most made the most of it really. So yeah. But yeah, I I mean I sympathise with I know so many people, um, you know that have national records and world records and titles and stuff. They've they've just given it up. They've packed it in uh, wow. because that's how quickly you know, you know in powerlifting and and. Some, strength sports that's how quickly that you know it kind of the strength just dissipates and it leaves Mm. and 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 i think because it's such an individual sport there's so much mental drive that you need to to do it and i think once that kind of you you, once you're at that level and it gets taken away it's just almost too exhausting to try and get back to it so i can i can i can see why people just pack it in if they can't you know consistently keep, keep doing it yeah yeah i suppose I suppose the people who who kept doing it were people for one, I guess, like you're saying, like yourself, who kind of, you know, you felt panicked and like you need to do it. So you were there two hours early and, and then there's the other people who I suppose, and I suppose it's, it's in the same boat. Like I imagine you just love what you, you love powerlifting and you love weightlifting. And I imagine, you know, I have, I have friends who, I have one friend that I've already mentioned him once on this podcast. So he's apparently like the number one star. I may have to get him on at one stage, but I have one friend who's a strong man slash power lifter um, called Ace. And he was, he was out lifting boulders and rocks and stuff like that. Cause he couldn't get in a gym. So his, his store every day, he'd, be, he'd go out, find a big rock and just like, like squat it, press it, like do all this crazy stuff. Um, as it, it's it I think to that, like, and even for myself, like I worked on my like explosive, explosive, I guess is the word yeah. yeah um during because now I can do like I can do um the superman press-ups and like I can do like different you know I can do different stuff that I couldn't do before and I'm a lot more explosive um so I suppose to a degree you know it, it is what you make it to a point um I don't kind of know where I'm going with this but <laughs> yeah I just I think I think it, it brought out good things in a lot of people and it just in different ways like you may have lost your strength in the gym like you're saying you know you may be may have been a power lifter and you've lost a bit of strength but it may be maybe if you did lose that strength that time that you were going to spend in the gym you know you found something else you did something else I think there's a different perspective I could quite easily look at the fact that I'm not as strong now as I was before and be disappointed but instead I try and look at the fact that I'm more explosive now. I'm more in tuned with 
the kind of exercises I enjoy and I, I understand what I'm like when I'm not exercising like that. And yeah, I understand myself more because of it. Yeah. And you know, I really agree with that because at the big, you know, I think it's natural at the beginning to, to kind of think that everything's going to go wrong. Uh, and I just looked at kind of the positives that, I, you know, I, I ended up going on a hundred kilometer bike rides every week. So like in three or four different bike rides with my dad mm-hmm. and you know, we don't, we don't really speak much, not, not through any, just because it's, that's the kind of, you know, relationship we have. Um, so to spend that time, that quality time, you know, going at 20, 30 mile bike rides a shot, that was fantastic. And, and, you know, the, the benefit of that as well as I've gone back to the gym and I am a lot leaner. I'm a lot more conditioned. I'm a lot fitter physically, cardiovascular wise. Um, and it's it's helped, you know. It's given it's given me that one percent because for me, lifting is all about one percent. Mm. How can you get that one percent extra from your mind, from your nutrition, from your, you know, your fitness? So you're completely right. And it's, I think I looked at it initially in the wrong way. Um, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my strength. Um, but you know you can do different things and I've, I've not always been this strong. So it must've meant I had to start somewhere. So yeah, I've done it once. I can do it again. You know, exactly. exactly. Um, so I kind of wanted to, um, just to open up a little bit, I was, I was speaking to you beforehand. Um, and like I said, I wanted this to be kind of a, a, a just kind of a chat between us and put, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you and with the people listening, um, today has been a really shit day for me. Um, I, I over the kind of last maybe three or four days, I've my kind of depression and anxiety has come back to a point. Um, and I think I think where it it comes from for me um, is you know how you were speaking about how you know if you couldn't if you couldn't go to the gym, it is kind of scary for you. I I have been like that in the past, and I I think where I've changed is I've almost converted that into into work and into progressing in like a, a work instead. And I'm not saying, you know, you can't have them both, but for me now, my, one of my sole things is the fact that I have to feel like I'm progressing in some manner. And now that I've finished my masters and I'm looking for jobs or for, to do a PhD, um, I don't have that as like, it, it's not as visible for me. I don't have this thing that I'm going to achieve in, in a year or in six months. And it's really scary for me. Um, and obviously I put, I'm putting more time into my minds and I am, yeah, I'm, I'm working as a consultant for this charity and you know, I've got that stuff to do, but it doesn't feel like I'm progressing because I've already got them, which sounds stupid. And I don't, I don't look at my minds like that. I don't look at it as like, I've got it and like, screw it. Cause I want, I, I believe I, I cannot describe how much I believe in what my mind is and how much I want to, you know, just unlock this like understanding of mental health in the gym, because I think it's so common. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's really difficult for me because I'm just in that, I feel I'm not pursuing anything. I don't know if you, do you ever have a, do you have a similar kind of relationship with the way you exercise and things or? Well, I, you know, I'm going through exactly the same as you are now. Um, you know, I've just finished my master's degree and, you know, it's all speculative, but in any, any other economic climate, I, I potentially could have walked into a job mm. and, I was supposed to start a job in September uh, and that's, you know, that's been canceled. And I faced the prospect of, um, you know, not qualifying as a lawyer for another 
if I qualify as a lawyer in the next five years, I'll feel lucky mm. when it should be in the next year and a half or so. Um, so, so you, you've got every right to feel, uh, you know, it's the uncertainty, isn't it? That makes you feel anxious and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah. it's, you know, I get the moments where I, you know, if I'm just on my own and I let the thoughts kind of all come in, it, it does, it gets overwhelming mm. and it's about, the issue I have is that I know you follow my Instagram and things like that. And a lot of people kind of see me as this finished article. Like they look at me and, and, and think he's beaten mental health. Yeah. Um, and well, well, in fact, I, I never say I've beaten it. I, I say I'm beating it, but most days or some days, especially recently, you know, it, it, it I am struggling and, but <laughs> I think it's just knowing, you know, having that tools in your armory to kind of overcome everything that's happening. So everything that you said, I, I can relate to. So already, yeah. you know, that, you know, you're not alone in that. Mm. Um, but it's how it's how we get through it. So, you know, I'm sure you're the same. I've spent the last um, I actually went to university twice uh, and, and failed um, because the first time my best friend passed away, I couldn't. Uh, and that's when kind of my mental health started deteriorating. I couldn't finish my degree. So I got pulled out because I was essentially staying in my room for months on end getting pissed. Um, and then my second degree, my second uh, time was just the same. It was, I was in, I was still in that kind of midst of that depression. Mm. So it was never going to work. It was more just, Oh, I need to do a degree, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I just tried to try to do it. Uh, but, you know, and then I've, I've come back, finally got a law degree, got my master's, and now I've got nothing. I literally look at the future and, and like you, I've got my fingers in lots of different pies in terms of uh, interviews for like charities and legal charities, mental health charities, which is my passion and my life and something that I will spend my life doing. However, it's nothing tangible that I can kind of move my life forward with. Yes. So whilst I'll always be proud to be associated with these charities and talks, etc., my life pushed that forward. So the only way I can push that forward is to, to get the job that I've been training for, for so many years. It's to, you know, cause then I can start looking at, you know, purchasing a house with my girlfriend I can start you know and everything kind of it's almost like everything else in my life is is depending on this one thing and because this one thing's not happening my life has just completely stood still so yeah. in turn that's made me you know question everything that's happening and questioning if I'm doing the right thing mm. and I think it's important in these moments that we just kind of first and foremost know that we're obviously not the only ones going through it because you are I am and there'll be loads of people listening that are going through it and, and listening going, yeah, okay, I, I get that. Secondly, it's about just stripping it all back, maybe reevaluating your goals for a little bit because we are in unprecedented times and we don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes we have to just, you know, I always say we all go, we all start at A and we all get to Z and we, we all go through the different parts of the alphabet in different ways. So your B is going to be different to mine, my C different to yours, et cetera. And it's all, you know, we're still going to get there, but we just kind of need to reevaluate which way we're going. So, <clears throat> yes, it's hard. 
and you know the the old cliche is we're going to get stronger you know when we come out of it but i really 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 believe in that um because why wouldn't i because everything in my life i've done that's hard i don't look back on it and fear it anymore mm. i look back on it and almost congratulate myself and say well done troy <laughs> you, you got through it and so i can completely empathize where you're coming from and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be easy because, again, I believe nothing in life that's worth having comes easy. And, you know, we're both in competitive fields as well um, in, in terms of career. And it's about finding the things that make you happy. And it's about being realistic about the prospects of the future, especially at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just my take on it. Um, I don't know what you kind of. No, yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think I think when you're in when you're in the place that I'm in at the moment, and I've I've been struggling these few days, it kind of your I don't know if you you have the same experience, but especially with anxiety and stuff, your head just becomes so cloudy and and fuzzy, and like the things that you're saying to me there, I've I've said them to people like every, like if my friends come to me and they're upset, I say those exact same things. Um, but it's it's just like it's like a I'm sure everyone listening to this who's experienced depression or anxiety, and I'm sure yourself, you know, you've, it's just that you can't think right. It just doesn't work. And that makes you even more frustrated because you just can't think. Um, so something that kind of you highlighted there that, that um, reminded me of is comparing something that I really need to work on and that I I'm doing a lot better at is comparing myself to my past self. So you were saying, you're looking at your past and being like, Oh, I did it. I got through that. That's amazing. Um, and that's something that I, I work on and is something that always makes me feel better is when I sit down and say, right, let's look at what I was doing five years ago. And now let's look at what I'm doing now in comparison to that. And like you, like you've, you've, you've made things you're, you've got things you know i've got a master's now that i didn't have you know i had, i've got an undergraduate that i didn't have you know I'm, i've got my minds that i didn't have you know i'm i'm speak i'm speaking to people on podcasts and having these conversations that are hopefully are helping people and yeah you know, there, there are these things that i have now that i didn't have um and that i can be proud of them and you know you can go back as far as you need like you know you, you you're going to have progressed in the last 10 years in something in somewhere so if you are feeling that that in that amount of kind of depth and feeling that shit about how things are you just reel it back and see how much more you are now yeah i mean i i completely agree and also while it's important to kind of look back to how far you have come it's it's also a lot of people don't take into account that a lot of variables in their environment were different so say if i looked back five years time you know i was living in a different place you know you've got everything that's different around you so you know, whilst people look back to see how far they've come, they also look back and kind of, um, you know, think negatively, you know, oh, I, I had this then, but now I don't, things like that. Um, so it's always important to have perspective. And I think just going on the point where, you know, you're saying it's, you know, you've said the things like that I've said to you, you know, to loads of people, and I get that a lot. And, you know, it was just, just last week where I was in, I like to call it the, the hole um, or the pit. And you're right, your mind's cloudy. Um, and it's, it's, it, you all, I almost feel like that's a different person. And, mm. it's, you know, and you'll, you'll be able to relate to it. I'm sure that one day you just wake up and the, it's like the fog's lifted. 
and you feel so um, and and people always say you know they always ask me what's how do you do it how do you get out of it and and the answer is i don't know <laughs> that's you know that that's a simple yeah. answer because there's no manual program or you know steps of how to deal with mental illness you just have to give yourself the best chance it's going to come it's coming you have to give your best self the best chance to deal with it because it's it's so easy for me to sit here and tell you you know oh just be strong and things like that but my advice to you would be completely different if i was me a week ago you yeah. know because yeah. because i can i can't really relate to what you're feeling right now in 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 a hundred percent of the way if that makes sense because that person that me is a different me yeah um you know but that's not something i sorry sorry to put in but i think it's great know. about this talk and i said at the start is i think me feeling this this shit and, and it co- coinciding with this interview is perfect because you're in the good spot and i'm in the bad spot and it's kind of like we're yeah. getting both sides <laughs> so it's yeah it's nice sorry yeah. no, no no don't no please interrupt it's fine um you know for me it's you know i've only got a a couple of simple rules for me to try and be happy in life and it's take accountability for your actions so and and this was a good thing that helped me it was probably the only thing that helped me get sober was to take accountability for everything in my life and stop blaming everyone else so when I did get anxious or when I did get depressed it's I never blamed myself don't you know it wasn't my fault that I was anxious or depressed but I was very well aware that I am anxious, I am depressed, not anyone else. So only I can get out of it. So mm. I need to kind of equip myself with the tools. And to do that, I needed to have perspective. Um, perspective in that, okay. I try to kind of make depression and anxiety almost like when they came, just greet them as, as if they were an old friend. You know, we've been around this merry-go-round hundreds of times. Uh, and each time it was still the same kind of intensity and it was still as bad as the, or even worse as the last one. And I kind of just wanted to just try and make it easier on myself as much as I could. So again, it's easy for me saying it now because I'm not in, in the hole, but you know, when it comes, I just embrace it and I know it's going to go. And, and I think during those times, all you can do is just be as open as possible and just talk to people um you know i'm not saying go and capture hundreds of people but you know i've got a couple of close mates and i just say look i'm not i'm having a rough time at the moment um i know i'm going to get through it but just bear with me you know and and don't be afraid to put yourself first if you want to cancel plans cancel plans yeah if if you don't if you don't want to go out don't go out if you don't want to go to work don't go to work like your mental health is you know number one at the end of the day and you know i i said the other day you know my mental health is non-negotiable to others so i'm always going to do what i i feel is best for my health and and i'm not going to sit here and say i'm sorry that you're going through it and things like that because i know you're the type of person you know i've i've watched you for ages and i've been following your journey and i know you you're strong enough to get through it and you know you're inspirational to others but this is where you're kind of calling for me and and this is the same for me this is where we kind of earn our money if that makes sense is Mm. that people can see the brave people getting vulnerable 
and getting hurt and being low because to some people that may may follow me they see me as someone that as i've said before that will just go through life and oh he's done it now he's beaten it but for that's why it's so important for like us to just be open and say yeah we're, i'm going through a shit time i'm feeling yeah. i'm feeling this was a bad day today and <clears throat> for for them to hear that you know it could it could potentially save a life yeah and it, that's something you know wait because i was kind of like i said i've been i've been feeling shit and it, i have been all today and, and we were texting kind of talking about you know when we're going to do this interview and and there was like a voice in me that was because I, I i know i wanted to do the interview i was like i'm going to do it no matter what but i was very up until probably 20 minutes before we got on the call i was contemplating whether i'm going to pretend i'm okay or if i'm going to tell you that i'm not and actually like go with it and be honest on the podcast and that's kind of what came to my head was the fact that if I just if how can I be the guy that's trying to get people to open up within the gym and then bullshit when I actually feel shit um so yeah I wanted to that's why like you're saying I think it's so important that people see you know people like us who are advocating mental health and and showing how we've you know how we've kind of got over it and and you know to a point or at least we're starting to cope with it not get over it that's the wrong terminology but you know we're learning to cope with it and coming up with new ways of coping with it um but that we can even even we can still fall into it you know even you know even the weightlifting lawyer and even the my minds guy can you know can still feel shit you know um and yeah sorry but on that same breath we can feel shit but look at how we're getting look at how we're dealing with it yeah we're talking and Look at how we're pushing through it. Copy us because (laughs) no, you you know it sounds. You know, I'm not trying to be arrogant in any of the sense, but you know these techniques are simple. You know, it's Mm. so simple. You just be open. You're just open, and you're just talking about it. And that's what. That's why I. I think we have a duty. If you're in a position of, um, you know, you've got followers or whatever. If you're in that position, I think you've got a duty to be completely transparent to people because, and that's why I'm so transparent to everyone because then I can appeal to a wider breadth of audience and I can appeal to those that are just having a, an off day. I can appeal to those that maybe have two or three days a week that are bad. And I can also appeal to the people that are on the brink of hanging on to life, mm. you know, because I will not paint my mental illness in a way that suits someone else to feel yeah. comfortable um and i don't think that if you're in a position where you, you're able to do it i think you should you know just no frills just say it how it is because yeah. because let's let's be quite frank about this in my opinion everyone suffers from a mental impairment from day to day and how bad that impairment is differs and varies from people to people but someone somewhere will be listening and they'll be wanting to hear i felt suicidal today i'm going to talk to someone and now i feel better they're going to want to see that way out i'm not saying you know you should do that or but that's why i'll always be open about it and and for you to kind of have that strength to say you know i'm not you know i'm not okay you know i admire that and i respect that and you're going to help so many more people than if you kind of, you know, put that poker face on. Because let's be honest, I've done it before. Um, yeah, yeah we, we all do it. And that's, that's part of the reason why it's so important that, you know, people like us do 
stress that we are going to open up like this is the first time we've ever spoken <laughs> and yeah. you know, we're here talking about all this stuff and i'm, I'm opening up about the fact that i feel shit and and it is it's still scary like i've opened up to people for like the past i saw my my counselor probably like three years ago or something and, and it's been since then that i've started opening up to people so i've been doing it for three years to people and it still i still scares the shit out of me like i still think Oh, what if you? What if I said that and you just went? Oh, right, okay. I'm not going to speak to you then. Bye. Like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. still scary. Um, but it's just—it's the way that that has yet to happen to me. First off, and yet to open up to someone and they'd be like, okay, bye. And if anyone ever did, I think my immediate reaction would be that they're not the person you should be speaking to anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've I've <laughs> I get quite a lot. Of, well, I used to get quite a lot of messages on Instagram saying I was a preacher i had god complex um just give a bit of context to your listeners like with every post that i do i always write just how i felt the day i do some like quotes or things like that so they would kind of read them and they would think well who the hell is this bloke and i've been told i've been making a mockery of mental health i do it just to get followers um and listen at the beginning i i took it to heart mm um but but now it, it doesn't phase me because i am the only one on this journey i'm the only one that can make this better for myself and once you're in that position and you've kind of given yourself almost 100 percent self-love and self-trust then the real people the genuine people are attracted to you that want to kind of genuinely be there and yeah. you can give your you know i've always said you can't give you know hundred percent to someone else if you can't even give it to yourself mm. so when these people kind of say you know i've got god complex or you know i'm i'm saying the wrong things well i take it with a bit of pinch of salt and i just say well thanks for reading anyway and you know because <laughs> yeah. it's not it's, it's, it's not their journey and we're all different yeah and and, and to to a point like you know i uh, I, I I obviously sympathise with you because that's a horrible thing to be to be messaging. But I I almost kind of sympathise with the person messaging you that because there's obviously something within them that's getting them upset about hearing someone else's story. And you know whether it's because they're in a shit place and you know and they and they're feeling kind of angry and they want to lash out. And but I think I think you know it, within within the mental health game, there's always a there's always a risk of like whatever you say is going to upset someone just because it is such a like difficult topic and i think being honest and being open you have far more positive effects than you will ever have negative effects so i just i think you know it's it's somewhat you know those the people that do get upset about it you know they they were probably going to get upset about something else anyway or you know some because they're in that position um, and i do sympathize with yeah. them um but yeah i, I think mean, let I think, me tell you let me tell let me tell you a quick story just on that um so so one person said that uh, i had god complex and then i actually messaged them just out of the blue two weeks later and i just put hope you're okay mm. now we ended up having a two-hour conversation and they were crying down the phone oh. so you know it's we've been in contact ever since just kind of just at support um but you're right 99.9% of the time people lash out because either they don't know how to process their own feelings, but they, they relate to it or they get triggered by it, which shows that, that they're going through it. 
So you're completely right to sympathise with them. I do too. I'm, that's why I'm never nasty back to DMs. Um, I always either say thanks for following, thanks for reading, whatever. And I leave it there because I know, because I was that person once. I used to yeah. lash out. I used to say, well, who are you to tell me how to deal with my mental health? Um, and I think that's why, that's why for me, Instagram is the place to do it. I don't do it really on Facebook. I don't do it on any other platform because you, on Instagram, you can choose to follow me. You can choose to scroll past. You can choose to read it. You can choose to like it, etc. The choice is all yours. But you're, you're completely right. Um, there's ignorant, ignorance goes two ways. If someone's ignorant about my mental health, I either, um, I'm glad that they're ignorant because it means they've not been through it. Or I ask them if they want to talk about something. Mm. And that sometimes is a process, a step, step by step process, because, you know, they, they're going to say no at the first instance, aren't they? Um, more, more, more or less. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you've not had any experiences like that. Uh, yeah, so for me, it's but, been it's been it's been pretty much all positive so far. Like I'm sure you know there's going to be some people um, who you know think negatively about my minds, or you know, and I'm sure eventually I will start getting the 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 odd kind of hater message or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm I, uh, I'm confident that I'll just approach it the same way that you do, and and just yeah, you know, I'm I'm someone who I've I'm often kind of. And my, I think my mates find it very annoying when they come to me and they're like annoyed at someone or angry at someone and they tell me about it. And then I always feel bad for the person they're angry at. I'm always like, yeah, but you know, what are they going through to be acting like that? Or, you know, that like, I'm sure there's some shit that's going on and, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse people for some things obviously. And it's not very nice to say bad things to people, but you know, I think there's always, there's always that underside. Uh, there's always something behind the, that negative energy. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you in regards to your drinking, how did you come out of that? Kind of, can you explain more about that to us? Yeah, so I'll just give you a quick timeline, um, just to put everything in context for you. Um, so I probably started drinking when I was about thirteen, fourteen, um, just kind of being a rebel, um, <laughs> you know. And I drank all through school, partying, and, and things like that. Um, I, I had quite a, uh, I had a very good upbringing, but it was very in a very strict environment. Um, all boys schools, private schools, um, very kind of regimented. So anything I could do to to rebel, I did. So I started, mm. you know, I smoked, um, I drank. I never did drugs, so that wasn't kind of on my, that just wasn't my vice really. Yeah. Um, went to college, failed college. Um, just I, I think I got 12% attendance throughout the oh, two wow. years okay. yeah. uh, and the only reason that I was kept on was because I was in the rugby team um, so that speaks volume about where I went for college but anyway um, fast forward a couple of years and it got to the stage where I was I was very arrogant um, in terms of I was in my head I was this person where I thought I was better than a lot of other people. So I did a lot of things where I just didn't care. And I just didn't care about anyone else. And this meant I'll go and party whenever I want. I'll drink whenever I want. And I'll do whatever I want, really. Mm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that turned into... And I thought I was being a rock and roller. 
I thought I was, you know, living the life that my heroes had led. But when in, really in turn, I wasn't, I was, you know, I suddenly found myself, I wasn't 18 anymore drinking with my friends. I was 23, 24 drinking on my own mm. quite heavily. And, you know, 2018, fast forward a little bit, 2018 was the, the worst year of my life in terms of drinking. Um, I tried to commit suicide four times that year. Oh, wow. And even I couldn't do that right. So that kind of made it worse. Um, and my drinking kind of spiraled. I would look, I would basically, I was still getting loans from, for my student finance. And what I'd do is I would just go into hotel rooms for five, six days in a row. And I'd go AWOL and I'd buy five, 600 quids worth of booze. And I'd just sit in there and just black out. And when I'd woken up, I'd black out. And you know what? Like I, I kept, you know, I, going to the shops to get it and I would just have these I have the I still have them today they're, they're almost as clear as, as anything uh, you know I just wake up on a bench you know yeah and that was the person I was becoming was the guy that's just always always pissed and always you know and I just didn't care I had no self-worth I had nothing I didn't look I didn't go to the gym I didn't take care of my body I wouldn't eat for days and days and days I would just drink 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 and at this point it took me 20 pints to kind of get a buzz that's how much I was drinking yeah. so then I, then I turned to bottles of vodka bottles of wine um, and to, to answer your question in, in the most long-winded way ever uh, <laughs> I got to 2018 it was the final time when I tried to commit suicide, I had a realization that maybe subconsciously I want to live. And New Year's Eve 2018, I bought a crate of beer and I said to my other half, this will be the last crate of beer I ever drink. And and so far it, it has been, you know. Mm. Um beforehand I tried counseling I was admitted to the Priory uh, pills everything like that nothing worked so I just quietly did it on my own I just stopped I just gave up mm. and for me it was people always ask me how I did it and I just say well I just did it but I think underlying issue is that my parents were always forcing me to stop my girlfriend was always forcing me to stop it was only until I had nothing left and I realized the kind of trail of destruction that I left. I, I wasn't born to be that person. I wasn't born to be an evil brother, an evil son, an evil boyfriend. And I kind of it had like an epiphany where I felt that doesn't matter how far gone I am, and this was the first time in about six years I felt it. There is a way back. And from that point on, I've just not looked back. And I've always liked being the underdog. Um, I, I like to prove a point and I like to prove to people that I can do things. I've always been very ambitious and driven in that sense. And, and yeah, I mean, the first month was hard. Um, throughout all my drinking career, I, career, throughout all my <laughs> drinking life, you know, when I stopped drinking, I would almost have 
five days of like tremors and things like that because that's how much I drank and for how long I drank and I had the first week of January was was quite horrendous really shakes and everything and 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 yeah I mean I still get asked to this day do I miss it and what I miss is the feeling of the the social feeling Mm. of going to see your friends for example or you know, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't like the way that alcohol made me feel initially because I because I felt it so often. I can almost kind of go back there in my head, if that makes yeah. sense. I can almost yeah, feel what it is and I can always taste how it tastes and I can feel how it makes me feel. And it's all it's all so real. Um, you know, my family just kind of go, oh, well, he's given up now. That's great. But every single day, it's not a struggle for me anymore. I don't miss it in that sense, but I I do sometimes, you know, j- just get a bit upset that I can't enjoy something sensibly yeah. or in moderation. Um, and I, I do have that moment of why am I like this? Um, I've not, you know, it's that I've not asked to be like this, you know, why am I like this? But as you know, so much good has come out of it you know yeah. immediately as soon as i stopped within a month i passed my driving test obviously i couldn't drive because i was always drunk mm. um and then i got my degree masters etc got my my family back but um but yeah so that's that's kind of how i stopped was i stopped because i wanted to and yeah. i wanted to live and i wanted to you know i, I said to myself you can either die or go to prison because prison, because, you know, something would happen at some stage. Yeah. Um, or I could just turn it around. And, and at, I never, never thought I'd be like an inspiration. Sorry, not an inspiration. I never thought I'd be an advocate for change for others until mm. like six months into my journey because I had to focus on myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never really gone into detail about the drinking um, because I think it's just some, some things are just better kind of not kept away, but just brought out at the right moments. Yeah. Uh, and I feel this is the right moment to bring it out. So mm. I know I've kind of just talked, but and I, but I really appreciate it because even one month and 10, sorry, one year and 10 months down the line, it's still very cathartic for me to just say it. Yeah. Because yeah even now admitting to myself that there was an issue is hard Mm. and the the difficulty doesn't get away but every time you face up to it and it's like anything in life you become desensitized to the dangers or to the anxieties of it and you you're able to get a little bit stronger and deal with it Mm -hmm. so when i was telling you just then did i feel emotional of course did i feel you know, like people may judge me, of course, but ultimately the end goal is to try and create a culture of change and a culture of conversation where if you have an issue with anything, you know, self-dependency on anything, well, it's possible to stop because I was probably a lot worse than you were, Mm. you know, and it's not a competition, but you know, to be clear, I would drink four or five liter bottles of vodka a day. Mm. You know, I'd go through 16 bottles of wine in a weekend easily. And I, then I wouldn't have enough. Um, but 
you know, always, always, I'll always be an advocate for help, uh, advocate for change, and always say to people, it's never ever too late to turn turn your life around, no matter how far gone you think you are, and it's more than likely that you'll think you're too far gone, but but you're not. Honestly, Troy, that's like your story is incredibly inspiring, and you 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 went back on yourself when you said an inspiration, but I'm just going to correct you and say you definitely are an inspiration because that's an amazing story. Um, I don't know, I don't know if you you kind of seen my stuff that I put out, but my my dad um, was an alcoholic for quite a, quite a long time, and he actually he got he was ten years sober about a week ago, um, so we he, he kind of hit that that ten year mark, which is obviously a, a big feat, um, and we um help out with like, like i don't know if you heard alcoholics anonymous the aa and like 12 step program we help with that kind of stuff so i know i've seen firsthand how difficult it is for people to stop and how and 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 so i can i can i i understand like how amazing it is that you're doing that and that's like the progress you're making is fantastic and i yeah honestly i think that's i think it's incredible what you're doing and, and how you've done it um and i i understand your um when you say that you kind of, you know, you have that negative side of feeling, feeling like you're missing out on things. But I also agree with you 100%. And I think it's something you need to focus on as, as well as in all the positives that come out of it. Like the, all the things that you, you like that aren't going to happen to you now that like, you know, like the things like the prison and, you know, the, the, the health issues that would have come and, you know, all the things that you, you gained from it, as you, you listed, you know, the relationships and the, your 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 training and and the fact you this inspiration now and you know you you're helping all these people all the people that you don't even know you're helping that follow like that none of that would have happened if you didn't on that day just go this is my last crate <laughs> and it has yeah. and well I mean first and foremost I think commendations to your dad that's that's a incredibly tough feat um, but I'm sure he'll tell you you know it's it's like anything. It, once you get used to it not being there, it doesn't mean you don't miss it, but you kind of get used to, you, you, get, you see how great life is. Yeah. And, you know, I always say to people, even though, listen, even though I, even though I love to talk and even though I like to, you know, big myself up in some situations, I always say to people, I'm just a normal human being that's had their issues and has just been open about their journey because and, and like you said, have I heard of Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous? I have, but it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not discounting that in any instance because it helps hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. There are low, it's like the A to Z thing that I said earlier. There are, we all, you know, we all start alcoholics or people with issues start on A and we all want to get to Z, which is sober. And we all get there in different ways. And Alcoholics Anonymous is a great tool that falls into that. For me, I just need to do it on my own. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't advocate advocate to people to just do it on their own. Normally, unless you've kind of got that driven mentality to do it. Um, and I was, I was in a place where I had nothing, um, and I had to drag myself out. If 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 anyone else helped me do it, I would have failed again because hello hello safety net you know Mm. and so i i only kind of thrive in environments where i have um a a bit to gain but you know nothing to lose um but i can you know 10 years sober is something that 
I, I would have used to have said dream of, dreamt of, but I know I'll get there. Um, but it's people, it's, you know, we need, you know, even people that I, I would consider myself quite a strong person hearing, you know, your dad's just got 10 years. Fantastic. I can mm. do that. I can now do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's part, that's part of the thing that, um, I think comes from obviously like you say you know it doesn't work for everyone but i think i i've i've i have experienced with the aa thing and i've actually personally done the, the 12 steps myself for my eating disorder because you can kind of you can morph it around different things um, and i think it does help a lot of people um and i think the program in, ge- in general is very good i don't know if you've if heard of i actually got it somewhere around here i can't show it to you because over on the side of the room but russell brand wrote a book about it they call addiction um and i honestly recommend anyone in the world to read that book because is it he kind of explains the idea of it and you know even if you don't want to run the the, the, the steps i think just understanding how they work it can give a lot of people a lot of epiphanies um, i just think it is very yeah very interesting um idea and anyway i've seen it work for a lot of people i've also seen it not work for a lot of people but um you know it's it's like you say you know each their own we're all trying to get from a to z like you say and it's just finding your way we all go all yeah. up and around that's you know, and I'll always maintain, even though there are, you know, the steps and things like that, there's, there's actually no rule book on how to live your life. Yeah. Um, you have to just try and do it the best way for you. And we're all different. And 100%, you know, AA has helped so many people, millions of people it's helped. Um, and, and you know what? I reckon if I wrote down my 10 kind of steps for life, how I live, they'd probably be almost similar. Yeah, because I think people that are going through an addiction have a same mentality that get through it, have that same mindset and mentality where they have to be accountable to themselves. They have to be empathetic and apologizing to others for the hurt they've caused, things Mm. like that. So, you know, they're all kind of they are all similar. But I think why I didn't why I stopped going to the therapist and why I stopped taking antidepressants and why I stopped going to these kind of meetings is because just for me personally if I didn't have a safety net to catch me and I knew this was it the last hurrah I would that's the only way I could change yeah yeah and like you know yeah it's different for everyone isn't it so you know everyone everyone has to you know find their own way of getting through isn't it and you know you you seem to have found yours so that's that's fantastic yeah and, and just on a lasting point on that it's I went to a lot of AA meetings so I, I, I you know if anyone's listening and, and thinking oh well he said don't do them go to them try them out you know because they, they could work for you great fantastic and if they don't work for you well you've probably picked up some tips going there open-minded you know pick up some some of the kind of techniques that they use to get through things because you know it's not just all about Jesus and getting through it like that it's <laughs> it's it's a multitude of addicts coming together and trying to heal themselves. Mm. And it doesn't even have to be like a lot of them are kind of um, Christianity. Like it's originally founded in Christianity, but I've been to, you know, at least my dad's told me about, and I've been to a couple where people, people, instead of the word God, they refer to it as a group of drunks. So G O D group of drunks. So, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be. So people are scared off by that idea. Don't make that be the reason you don't want to try it. Or, you know, and like, like Troy says, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll go and you don't, you don't get anything from it. Um, my personal experience, and I've been to like, um, like I said, I've done the steps myself and I've been to a couple of like the family meetings where you can go, let's say like with my dad. 
And I just think, I think the atmosphere in a meeting is one of the greatest things I've, I've ever experienced for me personally. Just the, the idea that you can literally say anything and no one will, like very rarely anyone says anything about, like yeah. bad. We'll, they'll just go, yeah, I understand. And the odds are there's someone who's done something worse that next year or, you know, you yeah. just, you can't be wrong in that meeting. Like it's very difficult to be, to be a bad person. It's quite, it's quite liberating. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm, I think I went to maybe 10 or 12 meetings um, just in my hometown. And, you know, I saw people there that you wouldn't even think that they were addicts or had yeah. an issue. Um, Cause I've got, I live in a small town and I recognize over half the room mm. and you immediately are catapulted into a circle of secrecy where you can say absolutely anything you want to say and you will not be judged. There was no agenda. And, and that environment was, as I said, liberating, you know, mm. someone would tell that I, I won't repeat any of the stories, but you yeah. know, like exactly like you said, it's, I, I thought, Oh my God, no one's going to have a worse story than I have. But lo and behold, it wasn't worse, but it's, you know, it's, it's different. Um, yeah. but it all, it, it all comes back to it, to that safety net. And whilst it's so important to have a network of support, it's in, for me, it's important accountability that you, that you do it on your, your own mm-hmm. for yourself. Um, because you know, unless you, unless you open up the, the closet, the whole way, you're never going to face all of your demons and get, and get through it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just my take on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and if it, you know if it's working for you, and it, and I'm sure it works for a lot of other people that kind of way. Um, you know, that's kind. Of, I kind of, I'm kind of doing a similar thing. Like mine's obviously with my eating disorder. Um, I, I don't want to. I won't go too much into it because people listening will have heard me talk about my eating disorder a million times. So I'm not going to talk about it too much. But uh, I one thing I resonate with you was when earlier on you said you know when you first started with your drinking you were arrogant. There was that arrogance of like you know people just don't like I'm just better than people so I can do what I want. I was very similar in the fact that I felt I had that arrogance of um, people don't understand like like how nutrition works because I do. But like, I know to lose weight I have to just eat an apple. And then just go for a run, and that's all I'll do for today. And I'll lose, I'll lose weight quicker than anyone knows because that's how it works. And it was I convinced myself that so wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, it's just I, I'm I'm an I I believe that everyone has an addiction in some manner, and I think an eating disorder is a form of is a form of addiction. Alcohol can be a form of addiction. Work like work like I have now. I think you know I think to to a degree my what was disordered eating and then became kind of compulsive exercise and and now is kind of work related like I, I feel like I need to be progressing in my work life in some kind of manner otherwise I'm I feel like I do now or like I have been doing I actually feel a lot better after speaking to you as an advocate there you go proof <laughs> it seems to where you've seen it in first hand in this last 45 an hour however long it's been going for um yeah I think I, I think we all have something that we cling on to that helps us um, and to a, to a, to a, to a degree that is a form of addiction. Um, it's just finding the one that, that works with you and, and, and developing yourself underneath that in the meantime. Um, yeah, there's lots of different ways you can do that for me. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about how, you know, when you, you greet the depression, anxiety as someone, you know, and then you, you know, you know, it's coming out. Um, the, how I, 
how I kind of greet mine is I, I start doing things like I try journaling more often and I try meditating and sometimes it takes, you know, sometimes I have to journal and meditate for a month to get out of it. But, um, you know, the more I do it, the better I get. And I know that I will end up feeling better eventually. Um, and it's just, it's just trying different things. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't agree more and I can always feel it. Um, it, it's almost a bit like cramp isn't it depression you can feel it coming along mm. and i feel it like I, people can't see but i feel it like like when your sternum is it just starts yeah. to your stomach that's where I, I feel it i can even feel it now it's starting to fade with this conversation but it's just like this tension like you say like a cramp yeah and and and, and for me i've i've kind of learned to just say no like you're not coming in mm. um <laughs> i know that sounds quite simplistic but this is this has been years of kind of practicing and i would say you know honing my craft and my craft is keeping depression at bay um and sometimes it slips through but more often than not i can't try and keep it out um but it's 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 for me the most important thing is i'm in control of absolutely everything mm. uh, in terms of my life and my mind so if it does creep in well okay well that's life I'm going to deal with that there and then. And, and that's fine to, you know, it's, it's not because I'm weak or I'm vulnerable. It's just, it's just something that happens to me is that I get depressed and I get anxious and, uh, and I go through these emotions. But I mean, having these conversations, I mean, you know, even before this, I was, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be, it's going to be all right. It's going to be a good chat, but it's always very emotionally draining for me to talk through my experiences. Yeah. And I always leave the, I always leave the chat and, you know, and I always kind of think, Oh, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, you know, it's over. Um, and I'm, I'm always for the next few days a bit drained, but I think for this one, I, I don't think I will be because we, we quite clearly are different, but we quite clearly are very similar. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of maybe not what we've had uh, in the in the past. You know, my alcohol abuse and things like that. But I think the message is clear: is that we're not all so different as it seems. Yeah. And we can actually all help each other because going back to my arrogant eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old self, who thought, by the way, he was invincible and nothing could hurt him. And that drop of alcohol made him go out and do anything, talk to anyone. But um, just, you know, going back to that, it's we can all help each other, help ourselves. Mm. And, okay, you'll get off this, you know, chat and your, your, issue, your, your depression is not going to leave because it doesn't do that. That's not the nature of depression. But what it will do is, hopefully and, and it's the same for me because i'm just at the end of that kind of darkness it but it pushes me over the edge in, into the light having this chat and hopefully it will push you nearer to the edge yeah and you know to, to kind of say okay well quite clearly i'm i'm going through something but do you know what it's it's all good <laughs> and it's that simple yeah it's that's yeah. for me for me it's that simple because why do we spend so much time being negative about ourselves? Why do we spend so much time being anxious about ourselves? Well, if I can do that, then I can spend all that time being positive 
about myself. I can spend all that time loving myself and being happy, you know, yeah. and it's, it's the most difficult thing in the world doing that when you're in the pits of depression, but guess what, you know, positivity attracts positivity. And sometimes when I'm feeling like you feel right now, I look at someone positive and I want to go piss off, <laughs> get out, you know, get out my, get out my face. I don't need this. But after a while, you know, you chip away at the cracks and there is always light. Yeah. Light always seeps through into the darkness. And I, yeah, I agree. And, you know, and, and we can all, all help each other. So. I, I think, I think, um, yeah, to, to kind of round it all up, I think, what what often happens is and for people listening no matter kind of where you are in your journey with depression or anxiety i think it's it's not a digital thing you don't just get fixed and you're better and then that's it it is always going to be an analog or it's always going to be a wave there's always ups and there's always going to be downs um and the di- the what happens is over time is you start to make the downs are slightly less deep and you start to make the ups slightly higher and eventually you kind of, you know, you start let, you know, you may occasionally have the, the deeper down like I am doing recently, but you know, I haven't felt like this for you no know, six months and you know, I've been feeling good for six months and then I have this shitty, the shitty moment. And but I know when I come out, I'm going to feel good again for a longer period of time. And then, you know, I'll maybe have another little hiccup, but it's never digital. You don't just get fixed. And, and if you're, if you're sat thinking, Oh, I've had this for ages and I'm still feeling shit, you know, why? Like I'm a failure for not being able to fix it. You're not, that's, no one just fixes it. Like I'm yet to meet anyone who's just fixed it and their sound. Like I don't think they exist. So don't don't aim for that. Um, you know, it's just it's slowly starting to get yourself so that you understand your depression and understand your anxiety and you understand how you get out of it. Um, and that's a very slow, methodical thing, and it, it will get there. I, and I think just to build on that, it's it's. It's like I always describe it's like building a house. So the first time you open up, you've put your foundations of your house in. And every time you open up again, you put a brick onto your house. Mm. And at the beginning, the house is not sturdy. It's still vulnerable to the elements. So the depression can come in, etc. And but as you continue going through that, you keep building the bricks on your house and it gets stronger and stronger till eventually, you know, you get to a position where you've got a strong house. But even, you know, I know it's a bit of a silly anal- anal- analogy. Analogy, analogy yeah. Um, <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> but that's kind of how I um, kind of characterize my depression in that I've now got a built house, but even houses are still subject to the elements. Mm. So even you might leave a window open sometimes and the wind will come in. So for me, I may let my guard down and anxiety and depression will come in but that's okay. Even, you know, just vocalize what you're going through and just talk about it. And it, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I saw a picture um, or a, like a meme the other day of a guy with a, a cartoon guy with a shield and the shield was very small and it had, it just says the worst depression and the guy, you know, the, the cartoon guy was getting really overwhelmed with it. And it had the same guy a year later and he had a bigger shield. Mm. So it doesn't go away, but we get stronger. Yeah. And we can deal with more things. And, but only by going through the experiences do we get that strength. Um, so, so yeah. 
Exactly, you're exactly right, and that's something I need to I need to remember um, with myself is that you know although I'm I'm having this experience now, I know that this is just going to add to my strength, and I'm going to come out of it stronger. Um, and that is something, yeah, I know I know will happen. Um, so to finish off, Troy, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Um, I haven't we've been speaking for about an hour now. Um, how can people listening find you um your like social media tags stuff like that i will put um all of it that kind of in the description of the of the podcast but just for people listening yeah so well thank you so much for for having me on it's been um i'm always aware that i do talk a lot but you know no it's been great it's <laughs> been great i i, I like i like that you i like that you you know you kind of opened up and you know we both opened up and I, yeah i think i think yeah. generally great um so yeah, we will people that want to. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram at the weightlifting lawyer, um, or you can search Troy Dini, which is like my nickname. I don't know if you follow football, but the footballer called Troy yeah, Dini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of why. But yeah, you can follow me there, and I just post everything from lifting to to mental health to to law. Um, but there's a bit for everyone, and and also most importantly. Even if you don't want to have a follow, but you want to have a chat, DM me, no problem. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the chat. It's you know been long awaited, and I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So did I. Um, thank you, everyone who's been listening. I really hope that this you know resonated with some people and, and helped people out there. Um, and I look forward to you guys listening to the next episode. Bye.